Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Yay Can Do, a solo show with me, Paula Thomas. My guest today is best known as a magician, hypnotist, mentalist and entertainer, performing on international TV and live in sellout shows around the world, including headline performances in Las Vegas. But as you'll hear today, for the last 20 years or so, Keith Barry has also been a mind coach, working with world-class athletes, business people, influencers and actors to help them to harness their subconscious potential. Since we started Jay Can Do, I've been wanting to chat with Keith. And now, having recently read his new book called Brain Hacks, Everyday Mind Magic for Creating the Life You Want, it proved to be the perfect time to invite him on. I hope you enjoy listening to Keith Barry and his wonderfully engaging and even sometimes crazy ideas on how to live our best lives. So, Keith Barry, welcome to Yay Can Do. Thanks for having me. How are you this morning? I'm very good, Keith. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, I think what I said to you is from the very time we started this show, all of our kind of core values felt very closely aligned to what I've seen you talking about a lot recently, particularly on LinkedIn. Mm. So very excited to get into all of that. Um, But before we do, Keith, I wanted to start with a simple question. Uh, Many people know you as an entertainer, as a celebrity, less so, I think, certainly to me as a mind coach, which I've discovered you've actually been doing for quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. And you've ended up writing this book called Brain Hacks, which is absolutely superb. So really enjoyed that. So what I wanted to do was start with simplifying the kind of 400 pages of wisdom and exercises and all of that. So Just to get started, Keith, with what would you say is the single most important idea? If you were to say to the audience of Yay Can Do, which, as you know, is all about positivity, possibility and taking action. How does that relate to Keith Barry and what you tend to believe? You know, it's a pretty loaded question, right? Because there's so much loaded questions. There's so much that we can be doing. And I think that's an issue in and of itself. Is there so much noise coming in? We've got so many experts telling us what we should be doing. Um, And I think it's a very personal experience for each and every individual. I I personally do think, though, there's two things, really. So I I find it hard to slow it down to one. Um, I'll start with my number one. My number one is create a visualization on a daily basis. I think if you can't visualize something, it's going to be much more difficult to achieve whatever that is that you want to achieve, whatever your goal is, whatever your dreams are, you've Mm. got to be able to visualize it. And there's a science behind this. So many years ago, of course, we heard about mantras, affirmations, and then also create a visualization, but actually like it's science. So the neurology of your brain changes when you creatively visualize Mm. and you're creating new neural pathways. And what's not really in the books is that when you do that, when you do that, your subconscious mind is activated in the background when you're going about your everyday business. So whatever it is that you've focused on for, in my instances, I generally put aside about 15 minutes. It can be longer, it can be shorter, but generally speaking, 15 minutes for Mm -hmm. creative visualization. Mm -hmm. Um, what will happen is that your subconscious mind will be working in the background to problem solve whatever it needs to problem solve to move towards that goal, that dream, whatever it is that you've just visualized. And if you do it on a daily basis, 
you'll find again that you'll have subconscious actions that will just progressively move you towards that goal, that dream, whatever it is that you've visualized. Now, that is my number one go-to, but I do follow that up and I talk in the book uh, and in my keynotes and in my own life about massive action. Like I'm a big proponent of massive action. If we sit there in the front room, I think I put it in the book, like, you know, dream that a Lamborghini is going to arrive at your front door. Like it's just not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, and I know some people who are part of the movement, The Secret with Rhonda Byrne, some of them have spoken since about mm. the fact that it was slightly skewed and misrepresented in the secret because the secret did kind of just say if you if you visualize it enough it'll come to you the law of attraction i don't necessarily believe that that is not uh, part of what i i do i i'm a scientist first and foremost so i do things from a scientific perspective Mm -hmm. and for me massive action for sorry uh, creative visualization first then followed by massive action points Mm -hmm. and and you've got to do those on a daily basis like we talked off air but the fact that you know, uh, you know, for certainly three months at a time, I go to super activation mode, uh, mm. but my wife says I'm always on super activation mode and I probably am, but then I go into crazier uh, super activation modes in order to take those huge leaps. And dare I say it, I sometimes like jump three years ahead of where my competitors and my contemporaries are because mm. I do these things and I do them on a daily basis, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And that comes through very strongly in the book, Keith. And I'm glad you gave it um, a sense of timing for me because uh, as we've said, actually, there is so much that we can do that you can end up thinking, well, exactly how does, you know, a day in the life operate for somebody Mm. like you? So again, you're a busy guy, uh, massive action all of the time. So, so in terms of that 15 minute practice, you just talked about just a couple of like, just logistical details. And I'm being very selfish here, Keith, because yeah, I want to, 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 to practice it consistently. First of all, I've often heard that there are specific times of day that are optimal. And I've yeah. heard morning time or nighttime. So would love your view on that. And is it a case of multiple times a day? Like what, what level of change is required And I'm thinking about people listening, Keith, who maybe don't visualize at all. These might be fairly, you know, big ideas for them. So so what would you say to people who are considering this if they're looking for change in their life as a practice? Yeah, so it's a great question. And you've answered it yourself, um, but there's a specific detail that we need to get across to your listeners. Okay. Um, So morning and nighttime are great times to do it. But what I find is if you get up out of bed in the morning and then try and go, kind of start your day and then stop and creative, creatively visualize, that's the wrong way to do it because you're kind of, you're either groggy or you're caffeinated up yeah. or you're chasing around and you're distracted by your kids, bringing them to school or whatever it is that your day starts with. It mm. tends to distract your mind and then to try and quieten your mind in the midst of that and creatively mm. visualize can be very difficult. So what I say to people is, if you're going to do it in the morning and and you'll have to test this. So this is what's interesting about it. It's not a one size fits all. I am not here to preach to people. I'm just here to impart information that they can take and hopefully use to benefit their lives. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I'm experienced enough to know that some people are morning people, some people are nighttime people. So for the morning people out there, set your alarm clock 15 minutes earlier in the morning and stay in bed to do it. This is the key. Okay. So this, is what, this is what you may not have heard before. Sure. Stay in bed. Yeah. Close your eyes. And if you, if you think you might fall back asleep, of course, you know, set your alarm uh, for 15 yeah. minutes later. Okay. But ideally, 
set your alarm 15 minutes earlier than you ordinarily would and stay in bed. Don't move and just close your eyes and then do the process. And the process is uh, five minutes of relaxing your physical body. So the the process Mm -hmm. that I use, five minutes of relaxing your physical body, five minutes of breath work, and then five minutes of the actual act of creatively visualizing. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the 15 minute block, if you like. Mm -hmm. So uh, I mix and match it myself sometimes, depending on my mood. So some sometimes I'll do it in the morning before I, like for example, this morning, uh, my alarm went off at like 6.30 a.m., and, you know, I didn't need to be up at 6.30 a.m. So I thought, okay, I'll just do my visualization now. You know, mm. I'll just do it now. Uh, but other times I can, I can be a morning person or I can be a night person. And and, and that sometimes yeah. is a battle, right? Because then you end up getting reduced amounts of sleep. But, yeah. uh, but other times, again, I advise people, if you're going to go to bed, go to bed 15 minutes earlier than you ordinarily would. And that's your time to do your creative visualization if if you want to do it at nighttime and if you feel that's the most beneficial time. So again, when the kids are in bed, when the noise of the house, if you've got kids, of course, and Mm. when the noise of the house just reduces down, then you can go internal. And if you've got a partner, you've got to say to that partner, this is what I always say to people, you know, you've got to put processes in place. You've got to say to your partner, you know, I just need 15 minutes of quiet time here. Um, Perhaps they're reading a book or they can be on their phone. If they're on their phone, it's not necessarily uh, a good idea for you because even with your eyes closed, the blue light can kind of, you know, start flashing in your eyes. So um, whichever suits, but again, schedule it in. And I advise people a great place to do it is in the bed in your bedroom uh, because you're relaxed already. Uh, You're not, you don't have to sit in a chair like this and try and relax your physical body can be kind of awkward, you know, depending on your position. Yeah. They're they're the two moments that I would pick, Uh, stay in bed and either set your alarm uh, 15 minutes early or go to bed 15 minutes early, depending on whether it's uh, morning time or nighttime. Okay, wonderful. Okay, again, totally indulging myself with all of these. Mm. The other piece I think that uh, certainly I and I think a lot of people struggle with, Keith, is I think for me, for example, our education system has very much, I think, focused on the left brain, the knowledge, the information. And I feel like whether it's because I run business and that's the kind of life I lead that, you know, that side of my brain, I think, has all the neurons firing and it's it's working hard. But I do find that I don't consider myself, for example, to be creative. I tend to get distracted. Um, So when I, you know, sit down or whatever to visualize and maybe it is a timing issue, but I tend to find my mind wandering rather Mm -hmm. than clearly focusing on whatever it is that I'm there to work on. So what kind of things can you suggest for that type of challenge? Well, first of all, wondering when, whether it's you're meditating or whether you're, um, you know, performing your creative visualization, wandering is very natural, right? Mm. So you can't beat yourself up over it. But what I do say is if you find yourself a wanderer consistently, right, yeah. what you need to do is draw. So I, I say draw as opposed to write your goals down. Okay. So we'll just take, for example, some people, it could be anything really, but we'll just say somebody might want to climb, like for me. I eventually want to climb Kilimanjaro in my underpants with Wim Wim Hof. Wim Wim has become very popular recently, but I've studied Wim for like 15 years plus, right? before I I remember the days I was looking at Wim when he had like 100 YouTube followers or something, right? So I've studied this guy for a long time and I'm just a bit of a fan, right? So, uh, but forget his breathing systems and everything else. 
I just like the concept, right, of climbing Kilimanjaro <laughs> in my underpants because it's just a bit nuts, right? So therefore, I would sketch that down. I would draw the mountain and I put myself on the top of the mountain and so on. Yeah. But in business, in business, it could be just a bottom line for your year. So if you want to gross a yeah. million euros in the year, you draw the million euros, though. Don't write it down. So you draw, literally draw money, right? And you put down the money. Now, uh, people out there might, might start to think, well, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, yes, yeah. really, because your brain absorbs um, images about, I, I can't remember the exact amount, but like literally something crazy, like 97 times better than okay. it does a written word. So I'm misrepresenting that. I can't remember the exact number, but it's it, it really astounded me. Okay. The difference between absorbing an image versus absorbing a written word. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. And, and people need to understand that. So if you're going to focus on something, sketch it out, doodle, doodle, doodling, I find is a fantastic way to be creative. So when yeah. you say you struggle with creativity, right? Um, a lot of people think they're not creative. They just don't have a process for igniting their right brain, as you would put it. Mm. Um, so my process is I draw four boxes on the top of a page. So one, two, three, four boxes on the top of the page. Then underneath that, I draw four circles. Mm-hmm. underneath that I draw another four boxes and underneath that I draw another four circles so it's four squares four circles four squares four circles okay in that order then whatever it is that I'm focusing on at that moment in time I'll just allow my mind to doodle right so in one box I could just write down uh, we'll just take climbing Kilimanjaro as an yeah. example sure so uh, in one box I'll draw a representation of, for example, Wim Hof. So I'll draw what I think he looks like. Really mm. bad drawing. It'll just be a stick man. I'll put the letters W, uh, H behind, beside it. So people need to know. You don't need to be an artist for this, right? Okay. And then you, and then you just allow your mind to wander and you you fill each box, right? So you fill all 16 bo- boxes and circles, but then you look for connections between them. You look for connections between them, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you allow for what I call an incubation period. So you, you got to set a time for that, though. So your incubation period could be a minute. Yeah. It could be a day. It can be anything what you want. But then you decide that that is what you're going to uh, cravely visualize on for that particular day. Mm. So now, once you have intent focus on something, going into your creative visualization, and if you know the correct process for creative visualization, you're much less likely to have that wandering mind because you're already focused when you go in there. Yeah. So very often people, when they want to, you know, do their creative visualization, they might just go, Oh, today I want to, um, you know, I want to think about passion, power and profit, my new, uh, my new charity. Right. And they just sit down, they'll just close their eyes and they'll think about their charity, their new charity that they're setting up, but they won't have intent focus on a specific thing. So mm. that's when the mind wanders. Mm. So you've got to have a focus point. So I do that by doodling and doodling is a great way, a great Mm. way to open up that creativity and that right brain. Because again, as we know, the majority of artists, for example, are right brained. Mm. I can't draw or sing to save my life. I get terrible (laughs) at it. So when I say doodle, it's literally that. It's just doodling, right? You don't need to be artists. You don't need to be good at it. It just gives you that intent focus. And then I started to do that when I found that actually you know, your subconscious mind processes images yeah. way, 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 way quicker and more efficiently than it does a written word. Um, so that's what I would say. Doodle, yeah. you know, draw your thoughts before you go into your, and, and that, that can just take a minute. Like it doesn't have to take long. You don't have to over process this. Yeah. And you don't fill all the boxes. That's fine too. Yeah. You know, 
this isn't a, this isn't, again, I, I, I think we're in, in a world now where there's, again, so many different processes out there and so many people telling us to do things a certain way. I think what people need to realize is there's no perfect way to do this or not do it. What's, what's important is that you do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just do it. Do yeah. it. By doing it, you know, you will change. By doing it, you will have a better life. Yeah. Um, you know, people come into me all the time and they, they could be literally now like 12 stone overweight. They know the answer. They know the answer to eat less, move more and so on. But the question is, why are they not doing it? Right. And these are these could be business people worth gazillions. Mm. And the reason that they they aren't doing it is because they haven't learned to hack their subconscious mind. And, yeah. and the easiest and best and most efficient way to do that is loop back to creative visualization. Absolutely. So many points I want to pick up on, Keith. Um, the first one is, um, I love that point about the images being so much more powerful, actually, than words, because to look back, I suppose, on processes that I've worked with and tried, um, I've been very happy and lucky with things like affirmations, but I kind of feel like I've probably plateaued. And yep. it might be a limiting belief, for example, because I haven't done the doodling. I haven't done that piece that I kind of feel I can't, or maybe I was thinking yeah. I had to be be good at it. So I think that is quite inspiring. To me, sometimes I just need to be convinced by somebody who's tried it out. And clearly you've been practicing this for, I think it's over 20 years now you've been doing this kind of stuff, yeah. is it? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I, so even more really, I mean, I started, people, people kind of know my, my magic story, as they say, right? So they know yeah. about a magic kit and whatever, but they don't know that I got, I got a, a book uh, called Practical Hypnotism by a guy called E. Wolf. I have no idea who E. Wolf was. I, do you know what? I never even Googled him. I should actually Google him considering <laughs> he changed the outcome of my life. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, Practical Hypnotism by E. Wolf. And that was the first hypnosis pamphlet that I got, a small little thin pamphlet. Um, and I got that when I was 14. So wow. that's when I realized the power of changing the picture inside your head. That yeah. was really it, right? Um, I, I want to actually loop back on a point that you mentioned, which is plateauing. So we all plateau, right? Okay. So we all plateau. I plateau in the gym. So right now I'm a bit soft, as they say. <laughs> but I've left myself plateau because I've enjoyed the summer. And because I'm so hyper all the time, uh, yeah. I, purposely, I purposely allowed myself to just relax over the summer in July and August. Already yeah. though, I've got, a, I've got a plan in my diary to, to hit it September 1st. But when you plateau, yeah. as we all do, right? That's when you got to do something fresh and new and step outside your comfort zone. That's the way to just kind of boost yourself forward, shock yourself forward. Like I, I'm a big fan of shock hypnosis, not because it's shocking. Um, you know, if somebody has been in a habit and they've had a habit formed for 20 years, yeah. Me going in and being like the, you know, the nice therapist hypnosis with, you know, <laughs> yeah. very calm and soothing voice, you know, it may work. I mean, there's a good chance it will work. And that's, that's the modern way, right? So that's the way that yeah. you know, right now, yeah. but, but the better way for me, I got to shock that person out of their behavior system. I got to shock that person's subconscious mind. I got to kickstart them. Right. So when I'm with somebody like that, I could find myself standing on a desk and literally, uh, you know, being very forceful with what I'm saying because that person needs that at that moment of time. So sometimes yeah. I need to shock myself, right? So um, I find myself falling in and out of habits. So 
I've been a big proponent of cold therapy for many, many years. Um, you know, predominantly probably due to, to Wim Hof's work on it. Uh, mm. And I've done a lot of cold showers, but then I'm like, I've plateaued. I can stay in the cold shower for a long time. And mm. I'm kind of a bit bored of cold showers. So then I thought, well, this is a bad place to be in, right? When you plateau. So sure. I thought, okay, I got to get a nice bath. So I got a nice bath a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> wow. It's in the back garden. And I get that down as low as possible. Like I, I bought a chest freezer. I create big blocks of ice. Wow. And I put these big blocks of ice in. And then I have to go take the hammer and hammer the blocks of ice. So I timed <laughs> it yesterday. It's interesting that we're on this podcast today. So I timed it yesterday. So for me to do my breath work, and I have various breath works that I do depending. So they're not all Wim Hof. I've got my own and I've got different ones that I, I yeah. cherry pick, depending Picked on the day. Up, that yeah. I'm in. Um, but to do that, to do my breath work and an ice bath. And the ice bath, is, it's not new to me, but it's new to me doing it every day, right? Okay. Um, so, so that block of my time is about an hour. Like people don't realize, you know, we see all these ice bath workers out there and ice bath experts, but if you're doing it yourself, you know, you got to go get the blocks. You got to break them up. You got to get the water <laughs> temperature down. Then yeah. you got to go do your breath work. Then I got to fill it all back up again to get the ice blocks for tomorrow. Then yeah. I got to get in and that takes, so yesterday I stayed in for eight minutes and that, oh. that that was long now yesterday. Like I was cold for a long time afterwards, even though I warm, I did, I warmed up my core body temperature. I know what to do afterwards. Yeah. Anyway, the, the bottom line of this is to jump me back out of plateauing. It's an hour of my day. It's an hour wow. of my day on top of everything else that I have. Because <laughs> I timed it yesterday and I actually couldn't believe that it was a full hour. Yeah. Top of the tail, full hour, just do a bit of breath work and get it. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's worth it because I know that it's so beneficial for me. Like science says, yeah. these are the things that we should be doing. If we choose not to do them, if we choose not to believe in them, yeah. that's fine. But I am here to tell you <laughs> the science backs all this up. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. And I know to- Tony Robbins preaches the same thing as well, Keith. So, um, you know, I, you I, know what's I, sorry, I have to interrupt about Tony. So I'm a big fan of Tony's, right? I, I've, studied, I've studied Tony and Dean Martini and all these different people for years, yeah. as I know you have. But the gas thing is, like I looked at, uh, he came out about, I don't know how many years ago it was, but maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And he, he nearly died of mercury poisoning. Uh, did you yes, see this? I did. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I've never met the guy. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm like, I want to sit there and go, well, that was a bit stupid, wasn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. the guy is telling us to eat the rainbow. You've got a book on life force. You've got this. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you know not to eat swordfish every day, considering now the level that he's at and the experts that he's got around him? Because he's got a gigantic team. With sure. me, it's just it's just me. I did, I did research myself. I don't have any team to go to, right? Yeah. Um, I just found that odd, right? So I'm just going to put that out there. I was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you, if you get unlucky, you're unlucky. But if you're eating so much fish that you're going to give yourself mercury poisoning, I'm like, well, hmm, okay. <laughs> Something, something's wrong there. No, I totally agree. And if I ever get him on the podcast, Keith, I'll tell him, I'll ask him the question as to how that, yeah. uh, how that <laughs> happened. <through. laughs> so listen, I'm unlikely to pass, you know, uh, straight into the, the the cold showers and all of that part of your recommendations, purely because to me being cold is perhaps the most miserable state that I could be in. Like I really resist that. That's why you should do it though. No, oh but that's why God. you should do it, right? So, so, so this is it. I don't okay. like being cold. Yeah. I don't want to have cold showers every day, right? Yeah. But I do know that it sets my body alkaline against disease. Here's one for you, right? Uh, as an entertainer, 
we burn the candles at both ends. We've late nights, we've early mornings, we're traveling, we're in the car, we're meeting people, shaking hands, people are spitting on us. Like, honestly, <laughs> like it's a sweaty, dirty environment, right? Totally. Um, and every single year, I would get sick at least twice a year to the extent that I'd have to take antibiotics, right? Every yeah, year. Yeah, wow. And, and, then, and then normally yeah. at Christmas, I would say over, I'm turning 46 this year. Mm. Over the period of my life, I'd say I've been in bed for about six Christmases. That's actually quite a lot, right? Wow, yeah. So just like nuked in bed, just in bits, right? Just immune yeah. system shot. Since I've committed to myself of actually activating upon the cold showers every single day, I take I put it down to two things: cold showers every single day, and then when the sun goes down, as it kind of is now, going back to taking vitamin D every single day, right? I put it down to those two things. I haven't taken an antibiotic in about five years. Wow. And I was one of the last people to get COVID. And when I got COVID, I mean, I just protected other people. I didn't need to be isolating. Like okay. I wasn't sick. Yeah. I just got I, the only thing I got was like pains in my hips. That was it. Okay. It was a weird thing. I just got pains in my hips and pains mm. down the backs of my legs. That was it. Yeah. Done. So it, it, it was nothing to me. Wow. Um, but I, I need people to understand this. I, I just personally do put that down to wow. the cold therapy. But I would say to you, look, people people are very often the same as you, Paula, right? They're going, ah, yeah, but I'm, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> but, but, but then then don't complain when you yeah. don't get the things you want in life. And people might go, but a cold bath or a cold thing isn't going, no, it is. It's going to set you up for resilience when the train hits. So totally. I'm a big person for preempting obstacles, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm preempting right now the fuel crisis that's coming. Everyone's kind of talking about it. And everything. No, I'm going to empty my shed. So I've got yeah. a real crappy shed outside of here. I'm going to okay. empty that whole thing, get a skip, dump it. And I'm getting a ton of wood put in there, a full ton of wood. And then I'll probably get like, I don't know, like two to three months of the initial log, uh, the logs that burn to set. Because, Lovely. Yeah. you know, because there's a good chance there's going to be a proper fuel crisis. I'll be prepared. And if I don't use the wood, I don't use the wood. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? It's just sitting in my shed. But, but, but I don't think I'd be thinking like this unless I had strategies in place that I follow every day. And, uh, and one of those is the cold therapy. So I would say to people who are like yourself, right? Yeah. Who are like, yeah. oh, I just can't handle the cold. It's just not, it's not me. <laughs> and it's fine. That's the exact reason you should be doing it. That's okay. It. I, I did not want, like the kids were going to karate yesterday. Maraid had gone with them. I did not want to be going out there to that ice bath yesterday. <laughs> I'd rather be sitting watching a movie or maybe researching or anything except yeah. And I said to myself, that's the exact reason you have to do it, Keith. That's the yeah. exact reason you have to do it. Like this morning, I didn't have a... So, so I do one of two things. If I don't have the time, like if I genuinely don't have the time to do a full hour of an ice bath, right? Yeah. I'll make sure that I do two minutes of the, the cold shower in the morning. Okay. okay. And this morning I got in the cold shower and I was a bit of a... Like I was just a bit of a bitch about it this morning. Right? I, was just standing, <laughs> I was standing in the shower and I was like, uh, today's a really busy day, so I should just have the cold shower now. So at the end, I turned the cold shower on for about 20 seconds. But uh, the benefits you need to get from a cold shower are two minutes. No longer, no less. Science says two minutes and you get the benefits, right? Okay. I didn't do two minutes. So now, later <laughs> on, in the midst of all the mad day that I'm, I'm going to have to get in the ice bath, whether I like it or not. Yeah, And these are the things we need to do, Paul. We have to step outside our comfort zone. So I would be saying to you, and by the way, here's the important thing, though, for people listening, and I'll leave it at this then, is um, when it comes to cold showers, if you haven't done it before, you don't need to jump straight in in two minutes, right? You have your hot shower, and at the end of the hot shower, day one, five seconds. Yeah. Day two, 10 seconds. Gotcha. Day three, and, and just go up incrementally. It's like this. 
I sat down with Braden, my son, yesterday. He got a present last Christmas of uh, a Lego set, which is a techno Lego. And basically it's a Porsche, right? And it's literally a book is the mm. instruction booklet. It's like 537 pages. I know because I looked at it last night, 537 pages. And he looked at me and went, we're never going to do this, Dad. It's like, it's like a book. And it's like, I went, do you know how we do it? We take one step forward, Braden, and we just do instruction one. Yeah. And then last night we got to page 30. And I said, look, we're nearly 10% of the way there. And you've yeah. got something, you're looking at something. And yeah. it's the same with the cold therapy or any of these things, but we got to do things that step outside of our comfort zones. Otherwise, you're yeah. going to stay plateaued. <laughs> I'm not saying that everybody needs to take a cold shower. I would recommend it, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or take a cold bath, but at least do something. Yeah. Um, like I've been looking a lot at, um, I don't know the science properly behind it yet, but the fact that none of us, should be on our screens first thing in the morning. Like we kind of know that, right, for our, our mindset, but it's actually more important than that, that we need to go out yeah. and let low direct sunlight hit our eyes with no sunglasses on. Wow. Um, and that's mm. for your sleep cycle, for your circadian rhythm. Mm. So when people struggle with sleep, I know we mentioned sleep in the research call. Yeah. Um, one of the most beneficial things that you can do is when you get up out of bed, mm. after you create the visualize, yeah. Um, literally go out in the back garden or go for a walk for 15 minutes and just allow that sunlight to hit your eyes and that will mm. help your circadian rhythm kick in and you'll end up sleeping mm. better um, yeah yeah so these are the things I think we need to do you know well Sorry, I, I, want, ram- I ramble a lot so p- apologies well, I, I find it highly entertaining Keith so you won't get me stopping you um but what I would just love to I mean I'd love to acknowledge the discipline because I think that's where as you said many of us sit here and I'm giving out about plateauing and I have all this kind of stuff that I should mm. and shouldn't do and yet I haven't taken the ice bath so as you were chatting away through it there I'm going to commit to doing one before yeah. you come here to Dubai in a month's time, because right. please, please God, we're going to meet for a coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, the funny thing is, it's actually impossible to have a cold shower in this country because the water right. is is literally heated. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we do have a bath. So, I'm going to make that commitment to you. There um, you go, great. And I know, I know, one isn't going to you know change my life, but at least I've I'll show up in that way. Um, something new to help with the, the the change of thinking. I think that if I'm you do one, about. then you might do another one. You see, so because exactly. you'll find out it's not as bad as you think. You know, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that when I see you. The other piece I wanted to talk through, and this is in your book, uh, Keith, and I really like it actually, and my husband does as well. So it's this whole idea that I know you strongly advocate, which is to be done every quarter. I think you said called, I think it's a reorientation day. Mm. Yep. So I'd love you just to explain that maybe just again, in simple terms, hopefully people yep. listening sure. who can go off and get the book themselves, obviously, and find out more. But, you know, again, with this, I suppose, theme that's coming through from my side about looking to take my life to the next level. Mm-hmm. And this whole show being about powering possibility What's the role of something like this reorientation day that you're teaching? Well, again, our lives are all so busy, right? We've got devices, we've got families, we've got partners and so on, so on, so on. And I think it's so important that we get inside our heads and get inside our hearts. And to do that, you've got to take time for yourself. And for me, a reorientation day is a couple of different things, right? So it's, first of all, grabbing a journal, like I'm surrounded by journals here. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's just one here that I have. Mm. And ultimately, grabbing a journal, pen and a piece of paper, and literally turn your phone off the whole day. So phone off, gone. No, you just tell whoever whoever it is that needs to know. You just tell yeah. them, don't worry about me. Phone's off. I'm going to be down in Monarch Spa, or I'm going to be out at <laughs> Hope, Hope Beach, or wherever it is. Right? Yeah. Um, 
So, so they know where you are. They know you're safe. Yeah. So uh, once that's done, though, then a reorientation day is exactly that. You start with your values and your beliefs because our values and our beliefs change over time. Mm. And if you don't stay aligned with our values and beliefs, then nothing matters, in my mm. opinion. Um, and for me, the number one value that I have is integrity, having integrity at all times and yeah. just staying absolutely true to who I am. And that can be difficult, right? Because sometimes, like I'll give an example, in the TV world, yeah, like the TV world in general, around the world, is literally doggy dog toxic. I'll just say it out loud, right? Doggy dog, it's toxic, it's hard, it's difficult. Yeah. And it's hard to maintain your integrity in yeah. those environments, right? Mm. But but I do because that's who I am. And sometimes I've lost gigs because of it, right? Mm. I lost a huge deal in America because I wanted to maintain my integrity throughout the deal and they were trying to manipulate certain things and, mm. and I lost the deal. So to loop back to it though, in the reorientation day, I always start, what are my core values? What are my core beliefs? And write them down, like as mm. simple as, as, as it is. Yeah. Uh, people don't do it, right? So we, people listening to, pod, I've listened to so many podcasts and so much information myself, and mm. I'm guilty of this as well. I go, yeah, well, we know that, right? We know we should, you should know yeah. who you are. You should know what you're about. And actually people don't put deep, meaningful thoughts. Your reorientation day is designed to put deep, meaningful thought starting with your values and your beliefs and then after that is okay what are my short-term medium-term long-term and zane i also talk about zany goals and dreams right your wild ones people forget that so a lot of people have heard of short medium long-term goals but yeah you gotta allow yourself to be a bit of a dreamer we gotta have fun in life so you gotta dream crazy weird outlandish uh things that you want to do in life so Write those down because, again, they'll change over time. And then just allow your mind to explore what it is that you want to explore in that reorientation day. And the most important thing is don't bring any books. Don't get sidetracked. Like mm. sit with your journal and it's okay to have a nap. It's okay to doodle. It's okay. But just going back to your journal and filling whatever it is that you need to fill out, your values, your beliefs, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. Mm. Um, and, and these can be twofold. It can be relationship driven. So it can be your personal life mm. and it can also be your professional life. Mm. And if you do that once a quarter, as we'll say, it just keeps you aligned with where you want to be at all times. And if you bring that and reflect upon where you were a couple of months ago, where yeah. it is that you want to go to, it just keeps a structure to your life. Um, and some people will say, I don't have the time for a re reorientation day. I mean, we do have the time, but I say to people, okay, if you can't grab a full day, a half a day will work. Okay. So, you yeah. know, I, I'd rather a full day for me and my clients, mm. um, but a half a day, like you, you can get it done in like in four or five hours is what I'm saying. Right. I yeah. think it's much more beneficial to do it over the course of a day. You'll just write down a lot more. Mm -hmm. You'll have more time to get inside yourself and get inside your head. And yeah. as I say, get inside your heart as well and find out like, what am I emotional about? What mm. am I anxious about? Mm. What, what problems do I need to fix? What do I need to fix now? What can wait? And that all goes in the journal on that day. Mm. Um, because like, we can all grab an hour. Like I, today I have to grab an hour and go back to my, like, so I'm a big fan of whiteboards. I've got the whiteboard there behind me. Yeah. And uh, I started to clean it up the other day. So you can see those four panels are kind of clean. Sure. And then over 
my hand is moving the opposite way I want to do because the <laughs> so so over here are like goals and intentions I intend to short, medium, long, and down there are my crazy ones. Um, but they're old, so I need to go back to those and figure out. Well, what have I gotten done here, and what do I need to what do I need to put back up there? Do you know what I mean? Um, but that those sorry, the important point is those come from my reorientation day, and then I put them up on a whiteboard, and then it's so satisfying when you just start tick them off. You know, just pull them off the whiteboard. Um, as I said, they're old, so I need to get back to those, and that's part of my process this week is to actually have a reorientation day and put those back up there. Yeah. And and it's a good point that you mentioned as well, Keith, that to keep that record and to reflect back on it every quarter, because, you know, again, having just read the book, I kind of went, okay, brilliant. We'll, we'll sit down and do that now next weekend. So, you know, we've scheduled it for the first time, yeah. but hadn't thought beyond right. that in terms of, okay, so what does that mean? Okay, the next one then has to be in December or whatever. So yeah. um, I like that kind of consistency to, because otherwise I think like you, I have a million journals and I write and I throw and I write and I throw. So yeah, I probably yeah. haven't done that progressive development. Um, so I, I do think that's a wonderful tip as well and definitely one I'm going to uh, to get into. Well, quick one for you, just on writing and throwing. So I, I've been guilty of that in the past myself. Okay. Um, and I, I, here, here's an interesting thing. I was reading this book recently. Uh, I don't think I'm going to implement it. I'm being straight with you, right? So <laughs> okay, uh, it's the bullet journal method. Uh, some people have found this amazing. So if you haven't journaled before, yeah. I would recommend that you read it by a guy called Ryder Carroll. I'd never heard of him until a friend recommended it. Yeah. Um, it, it. I think it could be good for other people, but I'm just not one of these people who needs to get into so much detail that I mm. don't get stuff done. I'd end up spending more time getting into the detail on paper than getting stuff done. So very often what happens with me, mm. um, like this is not my notepad. I'll show you. This is uh, Joe, uh, my technical assistant for my virtual shows. This is his notepad, right? Okay. So this is his notepad. Just he's here sometimes in journals, but this is a real, here's my point. This is a real crappy notepad. Like it's a Rhodian notepad, which is seen as an okay notepad, but that's going to just get tossed. Look at it. It's just going to get thrown, right? Yeah. Whereas the notepads I use, like like as in jur- my journaling notepads here, mm-hmm. just grab something. Like this is just three of many. Okay. So like these are the kind of journals that I keep. So these cost like, I don't know, like 40 euros a pop. Beautiful. Down in- yeah. down in Dingle, right? Yeah. Um, and and this one here, uh, dare I say, I had a glass or two of wine and this one, I just mm. thought it was amazing. And the next minute I looked at the bill the next day when it was on the way. And this <laughs> thing here was like 110 euros or something, right? Wow. But, but here's the thing. These never get tossed. Yeah. Uh, put your valued ideas in valuable places. I can't reiterate this enough. Wow. Put your valuable ideas in valuable places. Do not buy a scratch pad. A scratch pad's going to end up in the bin or toss, right? Mm. You've got to spend whatever is expensive to you. It doesn't need to be 120 euros or 40 <laughs> euros. It could be, you know, depending on where you are in life, it could be 10 euros. It could be, yeah. But, yeah. but buy something that's meaningful to you in a financial sense, because mm. there you'll put your valuable ideas and it won't get tossed, right? Yeah. So that's why I started a journal like this is because all my valued ideas are in these notepads, notebooks, and then I'm able to put my hand on them and go to them. And, I, you know, so this one, I have labels on them. They're hard to see. So this one is Hypnomagic, Corporate and Stage Keynotes. And uh, this one says, it's hard to see them. So this one says, um, 
gigs and luxury mentalism show is in here. Mm-hmm. This one I know it's one of my TV shows is in here. Okay. So, yeah. um, so that's a great system is to buy valuable notepads. Yeah. Like it, it sounds again, like a simple idea. It is, but my God, that changed my life doing that. Is yeah. putting it, so, so even though it could change your life reading a, a, a book about journaling, I think it's more important to value where you put your ideas, you know? Yeah. And again, that's an idea I have never heard before. I noticed it in your book and I kind of went, oh, that's a very interesting perspective because yes, I'm doing the the writing and throwing probably just because it, it has been a method just to, to, I suppose, get rid of ideas that maybe weren't serving me or just get into a practice. But um, I do like this idea in terms of forward planning. So yeah. listen, we're running out of time, Keith. I want to make sure um, that people know where to find you. As I said, I think during... Sure particularly the last couple of years, I noticed you very active on LinkedIn and hoping that's going to continue. Uh, But tell us a bit about the other kind of events, because I know you're starting to do more kind of workshops and seminars. Mm. So tell us a bit about what you're doing in this space now in the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, so it's like, it's just a, it's a busy time for me in a very good way. So as you mentioned, I'm going out to Dubai for a, a couple of events out there. So I'm doing a number of different things. So one is, I do a lot of different keynotes, keynotes on uh, subliminal sales, persuasion tactics, so the ideas and concepts of a brain hacker, how to read body language, um, and then redefine the impossible, which is how to use the mindset of a magician to redefine your impossible. So there are a bunch of keynotes that I'm giving, giving those all around the world now, which is great, again, to be back Uh, traveling. Um, So I'm in the UK a lot as well. I know you've got listeners in the UK, so I'm over there a lot. Uh, And then separately from that, yeah, I'm starting to put on my... Uh, transformational seminars and that's a play on words t-r-a-n-c-e transformational seminars cool so yeah um, that is using the concepts uh that are in the book and mm-hmm. then also the concept of using trance in order to enter into your subconscious mind and activate your subconscious mind to move you and progress you towards your goals and your dreams and transform your life um so those events are coming up i've got one in october um i can't remember the exact date i can probably pull it up here um but if people are interested in that like very often i'm not even advertising these things yeah Um, it's just people dming me through lists because i keep it very small so for example the one in october is just going to be 20 people um so october 27th i'm doing a transformational seminar that's going to be in barberstown castle Lovely. In, in uh, near Maynooth. So if people are interested in that, they can just DM me or uh, through LinkedIn or email through our website, which is just keithbarry.com. Yeah. And there'll be more of those coming up, but uh, they will be small. They'll be sporadic. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, I may not do another one again until January or February, depending on my diary. Sure. Um, and it's a full day. And in that full day, it's me imparting the knowledge that I have Mm. in order to, again, self-develop, change the neurology of your brain mm. and progress yourself forward. And, I, and you know, I'm really excited about the one on October 27th because, yeah. um, you know, that one's just about sold out now. Uh, but again, if people want to just learn more about me or, or interact with me, so, you know, if people email me through LinkedIn, I'll mm. get back to them. Yeah. Um, and, and again, if they email through the website, um, you know, I see nearly all of the emails. Mm. So... You know, uh, that's where people can contact me. That's where people can interact with me. Um, and I love LinkedIn, by the way. Look, uh, people in my world are, are more on Instagram and Facebook and all these other platforms. But actually yeah. for me, 
I just find LinkedIn the most genuine place that I can interact with people. Sure. Um, and just, and I help people as much as I can help them. I'll give them advice as much as I can give them advice. Yeah. Um, and then of course, it's a great place to, to um, promote the, the different concepts that I'm doing, the different seminars that I'm doing. So as I said, October 27th is yeah. the next one. Uh, there's a couple of seats still available for that. So if people want to get in touch, uh, as I said, through the website or through LinkedIn, and we'll get back to you. Fantastic, Keith. And of course, I'll make sure to put keithbarry.com in the show notes and a link, of course, to your book called Brain Hacks, Everyday Mind Magic for Creating the Life You Want. So I have to say on that note, I feel like it's been a a personally uh, very valuable session, Keith. Um, Really enjoyed all of the wonderful ideas. I hope you'll come back on the show, please, God, um, in the months and years to come. So with all of that said, uh, Keith Barry, celebrity corporate entertainer, keynote speaker and mind coach. Thank you so much from Yay Can Do. Thanks for having me and uh, I'll see you down there in Dubai. (laughs) 